The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Tuesday, July 25th, and it's so exciting. I know what is exciting to me. Today is a the beginning of a two-day Federal Reserve policy meeting. I don't hear a lot of fanfare from all of you. I don't hear your excitement either. Hmm, I wonder why. For some reason, not that I agree with it, the Federal Reserve which starts this two-day meeting today, concludes tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time, they're probably going to raise rates again by a quarter of a percentage point. I think that's stupid. I don't know why they're doing it. I feel like just hang tough. Let's see how these inflation numbers move, but so be it. That's what they're going to do. That's what they have essentially telegraphed to us. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure why. If they keep telling us that the entire lag effect of inflation and interest rates is so important. Why don't we just let the data catch up with the actual interest rate increases? Okay, no one asked me. So uh, if anything happens besides a quarter of a percentage point increase, chances are you'll hear from me. Otherwise, just presume that that's what's going to happen. Okay, good. Now, if you have a question about not just interest rates in the government part of it, but maybe interest rates that you're paying. Maybe you're thinking about a mortgage. Maybe you're thinking about how to really consider what happens with rates in the future and how that might impact you. Or maybe you're just like, Jill, I don't want to think that hard. I just want to tell you what's going on in my financial life and tell me if I'm on the right track. Any of those things ring true to you, go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. And let us know if you would be willing to come on the air live. Mark does everything else. Uh, what else? Okay. On the website, you can check out our service. It's called Jill on Money Live. That's access to quarterly live webinars. 35 bucks. Come on now. You can shell out 35 bucks because we're going to start putting in lots more special bonus content. Okay. Let's get to you guys. Um, and when I say you guys, you all. Today, we're talking to Melissa, who's on the line from the Pacific Northwest. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. How are you two? Great. What can we do for you today? <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for taking my email and my call. 
recently have had some life events that have made me sort of rethink things. Last year, had some health issues that really required me to step away from my full-time job. Hmm, Sorry about that. Yeah, thank you. So I'm starting to feel better, but honestly, the slowdown in work, I've realized this feels really good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shockingly, when I'm not killing myself, it feels good to be healthier, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly feel like for the majority of 2022, I was living in a semi-retirement stage. But honestly, I have a ton of hobbies and kept myself busy. So it wasn't sort of a twiddling my thumb type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so now where I'm at is how do I potentially extend this moving forward? And so if it's a slowdown in work, then, you know, what's the counterbalance point, which is to potentially lower my cost of living. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait, yeah. let's go back a couple of, of steps for a second. So, Melissa, how old are you? I'm going to turn 47 in a couple of weeks. Okay. Happy early birthday. When we are slowing down, what were you making previous to the health issues? Yeah, it it varied a little bit. I'm I'm in tech, so I would consider myself a high income earner. So I would say there were peak years that I was earning in the 300s, but um, the most recent full time job, it was more around 220. Okay. And when you think of a slowdown from 220, what does that look like for you? Well, I'll give you an example. So I was able to pick up a six month full time contract recently. And so for six months worth of work, I will be grossing about 110000 And when I now look at what I need to cover the cost of living, you know, I've been able to replenish my savings and then that will cover me quite a few months of, of living expenses. So I'm partially like, oh, it's, it's nice to know I don't immediately need to get another job. Mm-hmm. I have a bit of a runway there. Mm-hmm. But even that... That scenario of like just doing a short burst of working full time for six months, I could potentially earn enough to cover my whole year's expensive. If, wow. If when not- you do a six month contract like that, where, do you, where are you getting your health insurance? I do have to pay out of pocket right now. How much does that cost? I just switched plans. I Unfortunately, the first plan I chose was low monthly premium, but very much out of pocket. So I switched that to a higher premium, which is now 655 a month. Okay. So 655 a month. And when you say, maybe I don't need to live on as much, I know what you mean by that. You know, sometimes when you're working really hard and all of a sudden you're like, I'm entitled to splurge. I want a really good this. I want to do that. Like, why am I working so hard? So it's like your whole lifestyle drifts to a different level. And I totally understand that. Now that you have a little bit of hindsight, what do you really think your needs are? On a monthly basis, yeah. I mean, 2022 was a really good reset for me to, Mm -hmm. I will say, update my relationship with money and and realize that I was frivolously spending and really cut expenses as much as I could. But that being said, even though I'm single, probably still averaging about 5,500 a month. Okay. But like you said... I mean, if you have 110 grand coming in gross, you have to pay tax on it, right? You're withholding your own taxes and hopefully yeah. making some quarterly estimates. But, 
you know, even if you had a six month contract and then maybe you take a month off and then you get another three months or whatever, you feel like you can basically fulfill your needs, right? Yeah, I think it would definitely cover cost of living. I just don't necessarily want to take a risk in, you know, what are potentially my top earning years and do a slowdown and then put myself in any sort of jeopardy down the line. And I Mm -hmm. think also just covering cost of living then means I may not be contributing to my retirement or... Well, I was going to ask about that, Melissa. (laughs) So we know that... So right now, $5,500 a month is kind of your need. So what have you saved so far? So I have a couple different brokerage accounts. One is a managed account that's $372,000. And that's a taxable brokerage account, right? Yes. Okay. Next. Yeah, then I have a Vanguard, so that's a lower fee account with a hundred thousand. Then just some assorted stocks in Robinhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was my play money, uh, which is thirteen thousand. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so then rollover IRA, mm-hmm. I have two thirty-seven. Then a separate, my last full-time employer's four hundred one k account is twenty-two thousand, and I also had a HSA with them for fifty-five hundred. What about um, plain old money in the bank? Right now, I've been able to replenish my savings back to 50K. And I'll be getting through the end of my contract, I'll be getting an additional 65. But like you said, I have to earmark about 40,000 for taxes. So I'll be netting about 60K. So by the end of October, I'll have 60K in cash. Okay. What about your living? Where are you renting right now? You do you own? What's your situation? I own was able to refinance in 2020 for a 30-year fixed mortgage at 3.25. And how much is the house worth? I would estimate it could potentially get about 475. And how much of the mortgage remains? 322. Is this a house you want to stay in? I mean, is is part of the way that you've been able to kind of maintain your expense level at this pace because you have this cheap mortgage? Yeah, I feel like I've been pretty conscious. And even when I was the high income earner, you know, I wasn't going out and buying a Tesla and buying a million dollar car. Smart. Uh, (laughs) So I think, yeah, a reasonable mortgage, you know, my car payment is paid off. I I feel like my mortgage honestly is in line with what I would pay for renting. Yeah. But when I look at other scenarios, like what I I wouldn't want to get a roommate, I love my privacy. So (laughs) if renting is sort of an equivalent cost. One area I was exploring was the notion of totally downsizing to a tiny house. There's a couple communities I've found where you do pay for the house. I mean, it's half the cost of the house that I own right now. I think the largest one is about Mm -hmm. $200,000. It's almost like a condo development where you do pay like an HOA equivalent, but then that would be between like six and $700 a month. So For me, it's like, oh, that's a good blend of privacy and a drastic cost of living decrease. Sketch this out to me a little bit more. Keep talking about this. I like the first of all, I like the words tiny house. So I want to just go through this. So what would have to happen here? Let lay out the, the, the how this works right now as you see it. 
Yeah, well, I'm not interested in keeping my current house and trying to turn it into a rental property. Mm -hmm. I would be interested in selling that to free up some of the cash. Okay, so from there, let's just say that 150, let's say you have 125 grand out of that. How about that? And how much would the tiny house cost? I think we could say about 200,000. What is a tiny house? How, (laughs) How tiny is it? It's tiny. I'm going to do a bit of a dry run in the fall to spend a week there just so I can get a real feel for it Mm -hmm. um, to see if this is realistic. But how many square feet are we talking about? It's probably under a thousand square feet in my house right now. It's about 1500. I'm laughing so hard because I'm like, that's a big studio apartment in New York. Okay, wait. So you're saying a tiny house is like 800 square feet, maybe? Yeah. And, you know, and when I say they're 200,000, like that's me maxing out the size of the biggest tiny house that you can get. If I were to go down to smaller square footage, it'd probably be more like 150. Okay. And so the advantage of this is it's a smaller footprint. You'd probably end up paying cash for it. There would be not a mortgage. Like I really would just free up some of the money you have in your Vanguard and your Robin Hood and you'd own this house outright. How much do you pay right now for your principal, your interest, your homeowners, and your taxes on your current house? Do you know that number? Yeah, everything's rolled into my mortgage payment. So it's $2,020 a month. And you think that the tiny house, what would the taxes be on that? Much less, right? Because it's tiny. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's a good question. That part I didn't look into. So here's what I want to know. I want to know, number one, what's my, I mean, you're probably going to go from having a $2,000 a month payment to, I, I, I mean, five or 600 a month is my guess. Does that sound about right to you? I think it's probably closer to 650 or 700. But you're not going to have a mortgage. But that's their HOA equivalent. Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot about the HOA seat. Okay. So let's say 700 a month. So now instead of having a cost of living that you said is 5500 a month. This is a big difference, right? Now we're talking about like four grand a month. So here's my question. Is this exciting to you? Do you want to stick around? Are you happy in this area? Is a tiny house, could a tiny house be anywhere? Like what are we, what are we thinking about here? Well, honestly, I'm excited for a new chapter in my life, a new adventure. I, I move cities. I wouldn't say frequently, but I feel like that's just part of my DNA is I like to go out and explore and try new places to live. That being said, this is not a tiny house on wheels. So it's not a situation where I need to go and find a piece of land to to rent and I'm driving the tiny house around the country. That doesn't excite me. This is a permanent structure. I think my concern is like, I don't, I'm sort of assuming it's not going to appreciate appreciate there you go i was gonna say yeah it probably won't it probably you don't have the same upside but whatever you're probably gonna leave anyway yeah and i think you know it's like six of one half a dozen of the other you either you know invest in real estate and hope that it appreciates or you free up cash and then focus on saving 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 yeah investing that free cash yeah you're not in bad shape right now right right now as is forgetting about moving or and extracting the equity from your home And all that being said, you do have a nice chunk of money. The thing is how you're going to feel about like having to shake the trees to get these, you know, to be a contractor means you have to sell. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent 
um, sure if I'm going to continue the contractor route or try to find a full-time job again. I think I haven't fully figured out (laughs) the employment situation Mm -hmm. and what my preferences are. But yeah, I totally hear you in that when you're a freelancer, you have to accept that hustling is a part of your responsibility to figure out where the next job is going to come from. Also, I mean, is it possible since you are in a field that's quite sought after that you can apply that to a field where the pace of the work is not as demanding? Like if you're a tech queen, can you say, well, if I were a tech queen working for a municipality, for the government, for an institution of higher learning, would that be a way to make it a more like a more balanced approach to your career and acknowledging your health, you know, and all these concerns. Is that something that you've thought about? It is. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it is, I I will say I got a little bit, I'm currently getting a little bit of that exposure right now with the contract because it's a company not based in the Bay area. And I'm already seeing just personally a significant difference in the people that I'm working with Um, the environment is a lot less stressful. So I've even acknowledged the fact that a company that's maybe outside of the Bay Area is less hectic. But to your point, yeah, you could, I could just pivot out of the true tech field itself and just apply my skill set to different. Yeah, that's what I'm sort of thinking, like open up. And and, so before we do tiny house, let's say that um, you could find a job where instead of going from 220, you were making more like 150, right? The place that you're working right now says, we want to hire you. We love you. We love you. We love you. You make 150. Now at 150, you know, you're back putting money into your retirement account. You're saving, you're living a life, you're meeting your needs of 5,500 a month. You don't even, you know, you're really back at 5,500 because we don't have to worry about buying health insurance for yourself. You know, all those things, I just think you'd be in very good shape. So I feel like you've got opportunities. You don't have so much money that you can do whatever you want. You still have to work. The question is, what is the way you want to work that is going to satisfy a lifestyle that you just need to kind of calm down from that, you know, $300,000 a year, you know, you're basically on call all the time and we own you environment. Like, I don't want you to live like that. That doesn't sound smart to me for someone who's had a big rethink because of health issues. Yeah. And- I think you bring up a good point, and I think that would also, you know, my my sort of fear, like I mentioned about, am I jeopardizing my top earning years by doing like a full? Who full cares? Job? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Who's saying they're your top? Let me tell you something. It could be your top years for three more years, and then you fry yourself. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, great. Rather, I would prefer it, frankly, if you said instead of let's say that you were like, oh. I used to make 300. Now I make 150. I'm really jeopardizing my top earning years. Maybe not. Maybe at 150, you can work for 20 more years and be a lot happier and may, and be in a very similar place. The whole reason to maximize your you know top earning years is because you're going to kill it and then be done. But you may not make it to being done if you are literally, you know, sort of burning the candle at both ends, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. And I, I realized I can't go back to that. So what you're saying, think of it like a marathon and figure out how I'm going to pace myself. <laughs> pace yourself, mama. Come on. You really, you really, really, really should. And I think that you need to be clear that 
for you, this idea of my peak earning years, like that feels like a notion that's a little out of date. The peak earning years are the years that basically you can just keep earning and socking away money and reach your goals. And if you had a job that paid half as much as you were making at the tippy top, even if there was the top was, you know, 12 years ago, it doesn't matter. You do not have to worry about that. Okay. Yeah. I think I keep calling these things like external pressures, but honestly, they're just self-inflicted pressure. It's me. (laughs) It's you. I know that. I mean, you just, you don't have to make yourself crazy. Yeah. Take a deep breath. I think your decision about work is a, is your first order conversation to have with yourself and with your friends and maybe other people in the, in your community, in your work community, in your network, then be able to then say, okay, if I really want to go beyond that and I really want to slim down, maybe I would consider a tiny house, but moving is expensive and maybe you don't even want to live in this area anymore. Maybe find a great job, you know, across the country. Who knows? If she could find that consistent job that she's happy with, I, I would probably stay where she is now. I mean, yes, the cost of living is cheaper, but it's not so much cheaper to me that it's a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, it would be like, it would only make it more, I, I would be more impressed if you're like, well, my current cost of housing is five grand a month and I can go to a thousand dollars a month. Now you got my attention. You do. But I mean, 22,000 to 700, it's nice. It's money. You know, $1,300 a month is real money, but it's not so amazing that Mark, as Mark said, I, I think it's the, I think your real question is, do I want to be self-employed? What does that mean? Right. And if I don't, where's a job where I can like find a nice home? And that's worth considering. That might be a better use of your energy than the tiny house. What I was sort of seeing as a giant cost of living savings in actuality isn't isn't really that much. Like you said, it's not as much to go ahead and make that leap. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the guidance around just focus on what the priority is, which is income. It's work. Situation. It's great. You're going to be great. I'm glad that you are healthy. Let's maintain that. Just, you know, that's the most important thing. So it is a marathon and we have to keep you in good shape for the marathon, long race. When that voice creeps up, my prime earning years, you just tamp it down and be like, okay, relax, relax. I'm okay. Prime earning years, whatever. It doesn't matter. This is like me saying to myself, well, if I were still a financial advisor, I'd be making three times what I'm making now, which is true. And I do sometimes say that to myself. And then my girlfriend will say to me, but you really weren't happy doing that. And I'm not sure like you would have been able to last the last 15 years doing that. And so sometimes you have to be a little bit more honest with yourself, which is, I don't even know how much longer I could have done that 300 grand a year job for you, right? So I'm glad that you came to this conclusion. Now, you did an amazing job of saving. You've done a really good job of creating a baseline for yourself. And um, we'll be excited to hear about your next new gig. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, good luck. Hey, are you thinking about a way to rethink? You're going to do a big reset, rethink of what's going on in your work life. Well, first of all, you need my book, The Great Money Reset. These stories are essentially the stories of the book, which is I've rethought how I want to live my life. I don't need to maximize the earnings. I actually want a longer period of time to work 
and be happier while I'm on the job. So that's worth your consideration. If that's you, you should buy the book, The Great Money Reset. And you can also, while you're at it, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It comes out every Friday and Mark does a great job. Uh, Don't forget to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast and do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.